Um, Law Talk with Bill Sherwood is brought to you by Sherwood Legal Services. The lawyers on air are not able to give advice about any given person's legal problem over the air. Giving legal advice requires confidentiality. Attorney-client privilege won't protect conversations literally being broadcast from a radio. If you call into this show, the attorneys don't represent you unless you sign a retainer. No paperwork, no representation. You have no expectation of privacy or attorney-client privilege on a call. This is a live broadcast. It does not get less confidential than this. The attorneys can't predict how any given legal matter will turn out. Lawyers give legal advice. They can't give you tailored advice about your legal problems without an in-person interview. Please call in with your general legal questions. This is Talk Radio 680, WCBM, and WCBM.com. It's time now for Law Talk with Bill Sherwood. Good afternoon. Thanks for spending this uh, beautiful Sunday afternoon with us. Um, if you're in listening to the radio, why? Go outside. You know, take the radio with you. Keep us on. Um, today, uh, we are going to have a conversation about family law and how to avoid having your own very own Jerry Springer episode, uh, hopefully. Uh, we have a, a, a guest with us as well. Hassan Barnes is joining us. He's a family law attorney. We also have Yosef Cooperman and John Cook returning. And, of course, I'm Bill Sherwood. Uh, a little bit about myself. Bill, I'm Bill Sherwood, and I have a law firm called Sherwood Legal Services over in Hamden in Baltimore City. And next, I'll allow Hassan to introduce himself. Uh, thank you, Bill. My name is Hassan Barnes. I'm the principal of the law office of Hassan D. Barnes, LLC. We're located in Mount Washington, and we do um, various things, but here today we do family law. And we want to talk about family law, whether divorce, custody, child support, and some options you may have. Yosef? Hi, I'm Yosef Cooperman. Um, I work for the Law Office of Robert L. Symes. We represent policyholders and insurers in litigation about insurance. I swear it's not boring. <laughs> <laughs> and good afternoon. This is John Koch. I'm with the Koch Insurance Agency. Um, I've been around the Baltimore area, born in Baltimore, but have been in the insurance business for about 26 years. Um, we represent... Uh, and protect families with the things that matter most to them, with their auto, home, and life. And I'm here, hopefully, to add an insurance perspective to some of the conversation. So thanks. Yeah, so, you know, uh, I think our, our next thing in, on the list is enlighten us with a nice lawyer joke, Yosef. Client, client shows up at a lawyer's office. He's there to get divorced. Uh, the lawyer says, okay, well, I do divorces, so first, do you have any family members? And he says, well, I've got three kids, I've got the soon-to-be ex, and I've got the girlfriend. He was like, okay, and do you have any, how much stuff do you have? Because the divorce has to divide up the stuff. He says, oh, well, I've got the houses, you know, I've got my house, I've got my vacation house, I've got the girlfriend's house, I've also got five massing Jaguars, some Mercedes, and, you know, $100,000 in unmarked bills. Um, the lawyer says, okay, I can do this. Um, you can keep the kids. I'll take the rest. <laughs> <laughs> you know, another one that pops in my head, too, is, you know, uh, why was a divorce so expensive? 
you keep hearing the guys go, because it's so uh, worth it. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, when family law takes, when, when families take a, a hard turn, people start, uh, you know, pulling out the knives almost, metaphorically speaking, hopefully, and uh, mm-hmm. things get ugly fast. And that's where, you know, you hear a lot of resentment and everything else. And I know I've heard it from clients. I know Hassan has probably heard quite a yeah. few uh, horror stories from people. Um, you know, one of the things that can be done to try to avoid a lot of the headaches is in the beginning is with a prenuptial agreement. Um, so you know, maybe we should talk a little bit about that first. Sure. Um, prenups are contractual um, obligations both parties have before you get married, hence prenup, pre, before nuptials. Um, the goal is to have a plan before you get married. Typically, people who have prenups are high-income earners, um, business owners, and the, the rich and famous often have prenups. Mm-hmm. Um, a prenup shields your assets from your spouse. When you're married, um, anything you acquire is called marital property, which means it belongs to other person. If you're married and say you're a dad, you're um, making $150,000 a year, um, you're married to a stay-at-home wife and have two kids, well, the whole 150 is half her money as well. So anything right. you buy with that 150 belongs to your wife as well. So in the event you separate, she's going to say, okay, where's my half? And you're going to say, well, I worked for it, I worked hard for it. And the court will say, well, no, that was her money too. So anything right. you bought with that money is hers. When you do a prenup, it shields you um, by contract from losing any asset that you could have otherwise lost. Um, example of that would be um, a business. Um, if you start or if you plan on starting a business, um, prior to marriage, you may want to shield any growth of the business that would have happened during the marriage. So say you bought a McDonald's um, franchise or uh, a Wawa franchise um, before the marriage. But while you're married, um, you have a chance to grow it, and you expect when you buy it to grow it and to increase the asset. Um, well, any additional growth in the bi- while the actual business isn't marital property, the growth of the business could be seen as marital property. The time you put into the business. So if you were to divorce, the wife will say, well, I don't want the business, but I want a portion of the growth, of the right. equity that you've, you've made in the business since then. Um, a way to prevent that is from saying, well, how about let's do a prenup? Or right. if you plan to open businesses while you're married, which would be marital property, right. um, you can shield them by saying the prenup, anything I acquire while we're married won't be yours. What a prenup does is do things in a way that's fair on the front end. Um, So you can say, well, I may acquire new businesses. You have no interest in it. If we get divorced, I'll give you this much money. So that way, no dispute is no question. Um, And a prenup is a way to do it in a reasonable way where neither um, party is upset. When you're going through a divorce, it's emotional. People are angry. People want blood. Um, So what they go for may be more than what they otherwise would. Um, and prenup limits at lawyer fees. Uh, when you already know what you can get and can't get, there's no need to fight for more. Um, right. The issue is whether or not the prenup is done in a valid way. Um, mm. If the person signing the prenup doesn't have a right to a lawyer or didn't have a lawyer look over it, um, it may be able to be challenged. Right. Um, they may say, well, I didn't have a right to an attorney. They gave it to me when I was at the at the altar and said, sign right here. The rest. <laughs> yeah, the, the court likely wouldn't find that was a valid prenup. They would say, well, she, she or he, as the case may be, didn't have um, time or the chance to hire counsel to advise them properly. Right. Um, so it may not hold. Well, years ago, when I was in law school, there was a case where I think Barry Bonds was uh, uh, was married. Uh, to, he married a, a young lady who didn't speak English. Um, he, he took her to the, the Yankees, to, right? Barry Bonds is yes. the Yankees. Okay, yeah, okay. He, yeah, he took her to a uh, baseball player. Um, <laughs> he took her to his, his lawyer, and they read the prenup tour, um, and they gave her a chance to get her own lawyer. Now, to me, it seems unreasonable 
because she didn't speak English. So um, the idea that they explained things to her and gave her the opportunity to get a lawyer to me seemed uh, kind of suspect, but the court upheld it. Um, if my memory cor- um, served me correctly, the court still found that she had a chance to get a lawyer. She chose not to. Um, so they are important. Um, if you are a person who is a high-income earner or if you plan on building businesses or, or expanding for new businesses, I would say you may want to try a prenup. It may be worth your while. Um, but they heard conversations when you tell a person, well, before we get married, in the event we get divorced, yeah. sign right here. It's, it's a hard conversation to have, but I think it's worth your while to have one. Yeah, it, m- it might kill, you know, the uh, the mood for the prenuptial, like, you know, oh, marry me, please. And the next thing you know, oh, yeah, sign this before you take the ring, you know. Because- yeah, we may need another show on that, on yeah. tips on uh, presenting the uh, prenup. pages of legal paper. Right. <laughs> but, then, but then again, I mean, uh, even the marriage part of it, you know, you're, you're bringing contract in to join the two people through the state. So, I mean, in one aspect, if they're looking at it coldly, it's just another addendum to the contract almost. But who really looks at yeah. it that way besides maybe a couple crazy lawyers, right? <laughs> Only lawyers. Yeah. When people get married, it's religious. If you're religious or it's emotional right. or spiritual, they, they don't see it as a contract. They see it as, this is my soulmate. Right. Unfortunately, we have something called divorce. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that comes into play quite often. So we have to make sure um, people are protected. So we we do. But you also can do uh, post-nups. Uh, post-nuptials, similar mm-hmm. to prenup, the name speaks for itself, is after the actual nuptial. You can actually do a post-nup. Right. Now, those are harder. And those are very. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, That's renegotiation. Yes, That's renegotiation. The- after you've been married, you realize, you know what? I'm about to be a big deal. How about you sign right here and limit my exposure? <laughs> Most people wouldn't agree to that because they'll talk to a lawyer and the lawyer will say, no, never sign off on that um, because you're losing interest. Hassan, is there a time period for a, a couple that gets married quickly and is there a certain amount of time that you have to be married before all the assets become split in half or is it soon as the prenups are done? You're... If you marry on Monday and buy a house on Tuesday, the house is marital property. Okay. Um, while you're married under the bond of marriage, anything you acquire or purchase is marital property. Okay. If you buy, I mean, people oftentimes don't realize when you buy cars, they're marital property, even though they're titled in one person's name. Right. Um, yeah. If a person is getting divorced, the wife can say, well, husband, in the case may be, I want the car. Like, well, no, it's my car. No, 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 no. That car was built with marital assets, which means right. it's joint. If I wanted to be sold, we can sell it and split the interest, but I want I want the car. And that does happen from time right. to time. Yeah. Yes, it does. Yeah, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes yes. Uh, you know, if someone gets, uh, you know, gets a, like a car that's their baby, you know, you always hear that story where, you know, one, one spouse has a car that they were always wanting. The other spouse gets mad because maybe, you know, something went sideways. You know, then they're like, okay, I want you to sell the car and give me half. Uh, you know that that's a spiteful thing that we see uh, more than you could imagine. The the '67 Camaro that the husband's had all his life, and yes. oh. the divorce comes up, and the wife says, "I uh, he, she wants to do whatever she can to get that out of his hands." <laughs> so, hey John, do you ever see anybody uh, getting spiteful with insurance policies through that? In the- oh, oh gosh, yeah. Um, but my favorite is when the they'll call the office and say, "Hey." Uh, I need to remove my wife from the, the policy, you know, right right away. And and you know, and if you don't know, we know our clients. And if you don't, I can't imagine some of the companies you call to that don't know the client whether they're obligated to do what the insured says. But um, I, the whole intention is that that spouse is trying to pull them off without their knowledge, and that's the worst thing in the world that can happen to someone. You drive around without coverage and not know it. But but right. yeah, they 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 try that all the time. Or hey. Uh, can I get some life insurance uh, on my wife? Uh, but I don't want her to know about it. Like, no, you can't do that. So, <laughs> but yeah, there, there's a lot of spite going on. Yeah, red flag, red flag. Yeah, red flag. <laughs> um, so uh, there was a qu- um, a question that keeps popping up in my practice um, when 
we're in the middle of a divorce and, you know, it's contested and, you know, both spouses are going out of tooth and nail. And then maybe if one of the spouses, right before we go to court, wants to acquire a new piece of property and, you're like, well, who owns the property? Well, then, you know, this is something maybe you should chime in on too because, you know. So legally, under the standard, um, marital property is any property acquired during the marriage with a few exceptions. Um, if you acquire the property, even after separation, but before divorce, it's still marital property. Um, however, most judges, from my experience in trial, having trials on these issues, most judges won't um, use the new acquired property that was acquired after the separation as part of the marital share, but they can, and they probably should, um, depending on the situation. But, yes, don't. So I advise my clients, don't buy anything. Right. Um, quite often, they they do want to buy houses before before right. they actually get divorced. I say no, don't don't make it murky. Don't don't murky the water. Don't give them any more. Just wait until you divorce, and right. then you can buy as many houses or you businesses or cars. Or, yes, after the court date, until the judge signs off on the order of divorce and it, it, the ink is dry, you're not buying anything. All right, um, we got to get a get to a commercial break. After the commercial break, we would welcome your calls. Please give us a call at four one zero nine two two sixty six eighty or one eight hundred. Uh, 922-6680. We'll be right back after these messages. WCBM Baltimore. Synergy Realty Company, LLC, is a boutique real estate brokerage built to serve you. Thinking about selling your home? Sellers just mention this ad to list your home for sale with a 1.5% listing fee, which includes a home staging consultation and professional photography. Call 443-776-1846. We also have buyers covered. If you know a first-time home buyer, have them call 443-776-1846 to sign up for a free home buyer seminar that could save them thousands on closing costs, home inspections, and warranties. Are you a real estate investor? Maximize your portfolio by calling 443-776-1846 to schedule a free consultation. Or visit Synergy Realty Company online at SynergyRealtyExperts.com. Or call them, 443-776-1846. Be part of one of Maryland's treasured traditions. It's the Preakness Balloon Festival, May 11th through May 13th at the Howard County Fairgrounds. This event will include activities aimed toward young children and those young at heart. Activities include handmade crafts, retail and food vendors, Kid Zone, live music on stage both Friday and Saturday, along with tethered and non-tethered balloon rides. You can even renew your wedding vows and take a balloon ride to celebrate. This event is not to be missed. For more information, go to PreaknessBalloonFestival.com. That's PreaknessBalloonFestival.com. This year's major sponsors are Nathan's Famous Hot Dogs and Wise Markets. Eat better, spend less, that's why. This year's Preakness Balloon Festival is brought to you in part by Glory Days Grill, Pearl's Bath and Tile, Chick-fil-A, and by Power Home Remodeling. When you got married, you took a vow to always be there for each other till death do you part. But what if the unthinkable happens? Would your spouse be able to make it alone financially? You need Allstate Life Insurance. Baltimore Allstate agent John Koch can help you get the coverage you need at an affordable price. Call John at 410-931-1476 and ask for a complimentary life insurance review. Are you in good hands? Life insurance offered by Allstate Life Insurance Company, Northbrook, Illinois, and Lincoln Benefit Life Company, Lincoln, Nebraska. Most 
Most doctors are not trained to diagnose and treat hidden car accident injuries like muscle spasms, back pain, neck pain, and headaches. The problem is that soft tissue injuries are not always visible on x-rays. One of the best ways to detect hidden injuries is a thermography scan. Call Dr. Mitch Adolph, D.C. at 1711 York Road, Lutherville, 1-800-511-BACK to schedule your free thermography scan. Space is limited. Call 800-511-BACK today to schedule your free thermography scan. As a small business owner, keeping up with the ever-changing marketing and social media trends can be difficult and time-consuming. Let SK Creative Solutions take the responsibility off of your plate. At SK Creative Solutions, they offer various marketing services such as social media management, website design, search engine optimization, and graphic design. SK Creative Solutions is a one-stop shop for all of your small business marketing and advertising needs. Grow your business today with the power of social media and website marketing. Visit skcreativesolutions.com for more information. Have you ever considered a career in radio production, sales, or marketing? It's a fun and challenging profession that helps area business people make the most of their marketing dollars. As a radio professional, you will call on, produce, and or guide businesses and advertising agencies to help them attract new customers, communicate their message, and be part of their marketing team. Email your resume to radiosalesmanager at gmail.com. That's radiosalesmanager at gmail.com. The views and opinions you hear on Talk Radio 680, WCBM, and WCBM.com are not necessarily those of the owners, management, employers, and advertisers of WCBM. But they should be. And now more of Law Talk with Bill Sherwood on Talk Radio 680, WCBM, and WCBM.com. Welcome back uh, to Law Talk. We are talking today with Hassan Barnes and, of course, Yosef Cooperman and John Koch. Uh, today we're, our conversation is about family law. And uh, before the break, we were uh, going over some, some of the ins and outs of some of the more uh, smaller details here of things, what to do. But um, going forward, you know, my experience has been there's, there's two types of attorneys that I've come across uh, when I've been, I've had the fortune, shall we say, of representing someone in a divorce. Um, there's the ones that, you know, are maybe more calm and want to, you know, seem to settle quickly and want to try to make sure we can have things more of an am- amicable way of going. And you have the others that, you know, throw the gauntlet down on the table and they just, you know, they, they want to go 20 rounds for whatever reason. Um, you know, and I've been, you know, had to, had the fortune of being in both of them. You know, I prefer the ones where everybody tries to get along. We try to find an amicable way, but you know, uh, Hassan, I mean, what is what has been your experience here? Has it been uh, more more battles or more settlement or about an even split? So, for uh, for my practice, we do um, litigation as well as we also do arbitration and mediation. I mediate quite a few family law cases, um, whether as counsel or as a professional mediator. To me, I think is. It's, it's a better option when your lawyers are able to negotiate. When you're uh, going no hold bars, uh, fighting back and forth, um, it could be effective. It may not be, but what, what it will be is expensive. Um, mm-hmm. The more lawyers fight and argue back and forth, the more money they are billing you for. Um, you get to a point. I mean, if you have the means and if you think it's worth it, then it, that could be option or strategy you want to take. But for the vast majority of families, um, fighting aggressively isn't the best way to go mm-hmm. um, because the lawyer will get very wealthy and you right. will have uh, less for you, less for your family, less for your children after the divorce is over. So, yeah. 
So I, I'm always fascinated by the way people interact with their litigation costs. And that's something that, you know, in my insurance law practice, you see it's very, people do a quick math, and usually people sit down, work out how much their claim is worth, and then they work out the cost of litigation, and they balk. Um, because litigation is really expensive, and they realize that settlement offers, are, you know, allow them to get their money and go home. But I, I've never, I mean... I'm sure the family law is a different way of structuring it, and I've always been curious what the price difference, how much it really costs to have, uh, you know, the no holds barred family law litigation that everyone seems to say they want up until they get to see the bill for. Well, most cases don't get there. After the first bill, they say, "Hold on, <laughs> hold on, what are you guys doing?" We're willing uh, to negotiate. Yeah, <laughs> pull it back some. You guys, spend, I mean, be, I was talking to a client yesterday. Um, I called her on Saturday. She's out of out of state, and we're talking about her options. She hasn't filed for divorce yet, but she wanted to know the numbers. Um, and so we went over how much it would cost for the tri- day of trial, how much for discovery, how much likely for depositions, how much for back and forth. And her her response was, there's no way in the world, neither one of us made that kind of money. Right. So what are we going to do? Um, it's, it's sobering. I mean, the amount of money um, a, a case can cost is sobering. A divorce case can easily go from twenty to $50,000 on a, a, a pre- pretty basic case if you're being aggressive. Right. Um, at my office, we try to do things in a reasonable way. So we give clients um, the financial understanding as to where things may go and let them decide how aggressive right. I should or shouldn't be. Um, we can do it either way. We can be yeah. aggressive or we can we can be collaborative. I prefer collaborative. Most of my clients prefer collaborative right. uh, because they see the numbers. They realize how much money it costs. Um, yeah, sometimes it's not well, worth it. The worst case scenario is when you have an attorney on the other side that wants to make mountains out of molehills, you know, blow up discovery costs, say, for, you know, for no reason at all. And then, you know, they keep coming back at, at me and my client and making things well out of hand. Where I have a client, you know, wants to settle, whatever. But the other side's like, you know, they, they, they just want to go to battle. It's all they want. So you're stuck on the roller coaster ride no matter what. And, you know, meanwhile, you know, the, the bills are, you know, above tens of thousands of dollars, and they're like, how are we going to do this? You know, of course, yeah, I'll work, I'll work with the person and try to make it so that, you know, they can afford representation, but it's just a horror story, you know? I mean, they, they, they went from, you know, I do and hearts and flowers to next thing you know, this person they trusted uh, is trying to scalp them financially for everything they have, you know, and... What can they do? They're on. They're just basically on a crazy train of Typically, financial ruin. When that happens, every time that happens, I, I, my client and I have a conversation because they get a bill from me that's higher than they expect, and they call me saying, "I won't say what they're saying, but right. keep in mind they're yeah. losing money." So they, they right. call me saying, "Mr. Barnes, what's going on?" And what I say to them is, "Well, your your spouse lawyer is very aggressive. It's going to be expensive. Um, they want to do this. They want to do that. They want to do this. It will be this much more money going forward." They hang up and go on the phone with their, their soon be ex spouse. And more often than not, they can rein the other lawyer in. Because they call right. them and say, you can't afford this either. Your lawyer's filing all these documents, and my lawyer's responding. Neither one of them can afford it. Um, I literally had a case settle in court before trial um, because my client, which was mom, called the husband and said, your lawyer is is asking for too much. It doesn't make sense. We can go to trial and get less money. And he agreed, and they got the court, and he told the lawyer, no, we can go ahead and settle right here in front of the judge. We're not going any further. We're not having a full four-day trial. Um, it doesn't right. make sense. Um, and save they save themselves a lot of money, uh, a lot. Well, you, I I think with the insu- with insurance litigation, what Yosef normally does, he has people that are still somewhere near sane because they don't, you know, they they don't have the emotion built into the litigation most well, of the time. They, Correct they, me if I'm a, wrong. It's a relative scale. Right. I mean, people do care a lot about money, like you know, they need to get a roof fixed, mm-hmm. and they care, and making the deal hurts them the way you know being having your teeth ripped right. out would. But I think that it's, uh, and if you had to look at it in a relativeness, 
um, they people care a little bit about money, but about their their acts. That's a that's a level of hatred that no amount of hating on insurance companies will ever produce. I mean, you know, people just don't they care on such a different level that insurance is comparatively rational, and people still start talking about principle when they're talking about money, right. and you know. A good lawyer counsels them, you know, and say no good decision was ever made for principle, um, and they tend to act more rationally. But I, with family law from the outside, I think you know, in family law, it can, people rarely act rationally, if at all. Um, so of course, I don't practice it. So I'm just that's my outside view as right. a lawyer looking You're at right. other people. They're not rational. They're emotional. They're heartbroken. They're angry. They're upset. They're bitter. They're vindictive. Um, they're happy, they're sad, they have any range of emotions doing family law. How does the average person find the right attorney for themselves that, that's not going to be in it for the money and, and in the best interest of, of the client? Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say this, all lawyers you hire are there for the money. That's right. their profession. Yeah, me too. I mean, um, what I tell clients is, even one who comes see me for consults, chop around. A, a lawyer is like a doctor. You need to find the right one for you. It's not right. always a, a good fit. Meet different lawyers. Talk to them. Go to consults. It may cost you a couple hundred dollars to go visit people and have conversations. But it's worth it. It's worth it. Lawyers think different. You communicate different. Right. Um, expectations are different. Well, shop around. Most folks don't, but they should shop around. Well, a, a lot of the, uh, the clients' personalities may, you know, either augment or conflict with, you know, the lawyer's personality. So, you know, if if you're going to battle with somebody that you're butting heads with already. It's not going to, you know, it's it's not going to come out well. I mean, you know? I think in any area of the law, you may have clients that want an outcome different than what the law may provide for. Right. Um, with those clients, you you kind of talk them through it. But I mean, you basically you do what your client wants. If they want to go a certain way, yep. even though you can advise them the way they're proceeding or what they want is is not likely to happen. It's possible. All things are possible. It's not very likely. You still go forward and, and get the losing result um, that your client wants, even though they know best. I've noticed uh, several attorneys that you hear about specialize in working. I, work, I like to work with females or I like to work with males. Do, do you have a, a particular uh, specialty that you like to work with? Some, What's your thought on that? Who's easier to work with, the men or the women? Who? <laughs> it's the same. I mean, it's the, we get all kinds. We get okay. all well, both genders. We get all ethnicities, all religions. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's pretty consistent. Uh, male, female, uh, Muslim, uh Jewish, Christian, uh, atheists—they uh, typically have the same issues. They're angry about something they're supposed to do. <laughs> and, and the other background doesn't even come into play. Yeah, it doesn't okay. even their anger is is very personal. And so when people are going through divorce, it's personal hurt. It's very emotional. Um, so they they react like human beings. They act right. the same whether it's yeah. male or female or yeah. Yeah, it's 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 on the it's. Uh, you know, uh, either they're feeling, you know, very betrayed, and it's and it's all about, you know, how dare this person that I trusted, you know, do this to me, mm-hmm. and then you get this next thing where, you know, they, on the other side, it's like, you know, I'm right, I don't care how much it costs, and like, oh, here we go, you know, um, and I, I, even though I'm going to get paid by the hour, I hate hearing that because it's not worth it to me because they're going to bring me in. And you know, keep me on that roller coaster ride as well. Hey, I'm there for the ride. It's what I'm getting paid for. But I'd much rather have the the collaborative s- well, situation where you I know. think there's something very bitter about watching people, you know, take all their money and th- throw it away in a what is to an outside lawyer perspective a transparently stupid thing to do. It's it right. makes no sense. Right. Why would somebody go and take twenty to fifty five thousand dollars and be like, I could have a great vacation or buy a new car and I'll instead give it to a lawyer? I mean, really? 
Um, and like, I'm a lawyer, but also, and it's bitter to watch people wreck their lives like that. Right. Because you, you can tell them, well, what you should do is go and make a quick deal and you'll be out of here relatively cheaply, relatively fast, and then you can take your money and drink it if you want, but at least you'll be able to use it. Right. Instead of paying to go fight with people. And people don't listen. Well, and it, it's bitter. It's like it's like watching someone train wreck their lives, and you could stop them, and you're like, "Please stop." Here's what you do, and they're like, "No, I want the train wreck." <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I actually was at a table with three, well, two other attorneys. That was I was representing one party of a family, and they were you know, all had their own representation, and it was over. Uh, you know, one family member just passed like, over some knickknacks that you they probably got at Walmart, right? And you literally had. Nearly, you know, well over a thousand dollars an hour just negotiating over those knickknacks, right? And you know, when and it basically all the all the attorneys like, you guys really want to go spend the next hour talking about these things? And everybody's like, yeah, we do. Like, okay, and we went ahead. But I mean, that's when you know the love and the hate of the side of the coin flips, and they're just pushing so hard, and they can't be rational anymore. No, I was, I've always wondered if you know. A year afterwards, they wake up and they think about all the money they spent, and they're like, "Well, I was, you know, they feel they feel like robbed by the lawyer because the lawyer didn't physically restrain them from doing it." Because I can't imagine that when once the emotion passes and they all think about it rashly, and they're like, "Well, I could use a twenty thousand dollar vacation right now." Oh wait, yeah. um, I, I can't imagine that anyone winds up happy as a result of that. Right. Um, so what's the best advice you could give people that be before the, the anger or once the anger, should they come to see you prior to things blowing up or should what's the yeah, timeline it, on that? Currently, people come in all stages of the process. They come after the divorce has been filed. They may file pro se. Um, they may file with another lawyer and, and decide that that lawyer is in the right fit for them. And they may come. Um, they may come at the beginning. And I was talking off off air that I have currently three clients. Um, they haven't filed yet, um, and they're still <laughs> living with their spouse. Um, they came to do planning. When I was years ago, I was at a firm um, after law school, and it was a family law firm. And another lawyer called in, and they wanted to run the numbers. Like, tell me if, if I leave my spouse today, um, if they get the kids, how much am I paying child support? <laughs> we gave them the number, and they decided, yeah, we're not getting divorced. It's that so, old joke, cheaper to keep her. Well, in, in that case, it was him. The lawyer called was a woman lawyer, okay. but it was cheaper to keep, <laughs> him. keep him. Yes, it, it, I mean, but, the, but those are real considerations. Um, yeah. It's better to know what you getting yourself into. Quite often, when people actually file for divorce, they've been planning it for quite some time. It's not an emergency thing. It's not something you do on a, on a whim. You've planned that for a while. Um, even when people aren't always faithful, as, as my thing is, as a divorce lawyer, I very rarely um, have clients getting divorced because of adultery. Um, it's an ancillary issue. It's the issue they bring up. Yeah. But typically, the issues are the same issue that led to the adultery, the communication. Right. The, the the adultery might just be the, yeah. uh, the straw that breaks the camel's back. Maybe so straw that they broke the camel's yeah. back or uh, the result of the communication breakdown between the parties. All right. We um, need to take a break for a commercial. We'll be back in about 30 so- Oh, Back after these messages. Thanks. WCBM, Baltimore. Partly to mostly cloudy wrapping up the afternoon on this Sunday. Temperatures will hold in the low to mid-60s with the light breeze out of the east. Still dry tonight with a partly cloudy sky and a low dropping down to 46. It will be mostly sunny as we start off the work week on Monday. And temperatures will also run a little bit warmer with a high of 68 degrees. Then clouds will increase Monday night with a slight chance for a shower and a low dropping down to 48. And then a cooler day on Tuesday with rain increasing and a high temperature only topping out the upper 50s. I'm Jeff Marr from the Weather Channel for Talk Radio 680 WCBN. If you're currently thinking about buying a home or refinancing your mortgage, it is very important to choose a solid, reputable title company to handle your real estate closing. 
And one of the best around is Summit Title Company. Summit Title has handled thousands of real estate closings in Maryland since 1985. And they are committed to the highest level of service at competitive fees. They're owned and managed by experienced real estate attorneys who work with a dedicated professional staff to ensure smooth quality service for each transaction. Summit Title is located in the heart of Towson, but their settlement officers travel to any location in Maryland that is convenient for closing. So if you or someone you know is buying a home or refinancing a mortgage, you should contact Summit Title Company. Their phone number is 410-583-5353. Or you can find them online at summittitlecompany.net. Synergy Realty Company, LLC, is a boutique real estate brokerage built to serve you. Thinking about selling your home? Sellers just mention this ad to list your home for sale with a 1.5% listing fee, which includes a home staging consultation and professional photography. Call 443-776-1846. We also have buyers covered. If you know a first-time home buyer, have them call 443-776-1846 to sign up for a free home buyer seminar that could save them thousands on closing costs, home inspections, and warranties. Are you a real estate investor? Maximize your portfolio by calling 443-776-1846 to schedule a free consultation. Or visit Synergy Realty Company online at SynergyRealtyExperts.com. Or call them, 443-776-1846. Be part of one of Maryland's treasured traditions. It's the Preakness Balloon Festival, May 11th through May 13th at the Howard County Fairgrounds. This event will include activities aimed toward young children and those young at heart. Activities include handmade crafts, retail and food vendors, Kid Zone, live music on stage both Friday and Saturday, along with tethered and non-tethered balloon rides. You can even renew your wedding vows and take a balloon ride to celebrate. This event is not to be missed. For more information, go to PreaknessBalloonFestival.com. That's PreaknessBalloonFestival.com. This year's major sponsors are Nathan's Famous Hot Dogs and Wise Markets. Eat better, spend less, that's why. This year's Preakness Balloon Festival is brought to you in part by Glory Days Grill, Pearl's Bath and Tile, Chick-fil-A, and by Power Home Remodeling. I've heard a lot of people talking about gun control and take away our guns, take away our freedom. The debate continues. What's unreasonable with having that conversation? Talk Radio 680 WCBM. And now more of Law Talk with Bill Sherwood on Talk Radio 680 WCBM and WCBM.com. You know, I, I know I'm a child of the 80s because every time I hear Johnny Be Good, I picture Marty McFly playing on the uh, <laughs> Back, Back to the Future. Um, <laughs> Yeah, sorry about the digression there, guys. Uh, back to family law now. Um, so um, one thing we really haven't got into was uh, custody issues. You know, and I mean that's you know, probably one of the most you know, landmine fills, uh, filled things we can cr- come across when it, uh, we're having any kind of conversations, hoping to be able to settle anything with between two parents. You know, both parents love their children, they want to keep their children around and want what's best for them, and they may not agree on these things. Um, one of the things that keeps rearing its ugly head with me is I'll get a call from someone where, you know, um, a parent 
unilaterally grabs a kid and takes a kid across the state line to go live with mom, dad, cousin, whatever, or just, just to get away, you know, and then you're like, okay, well, I'm a Maryland attorney. What are we going to be doing with this? I'm sure you've had some fun with that too, Asan, right? Yeah. The hard thing is people don't realize custody isn't, it's, it's a legal determination. It's not something you naturally have. When two parents have a child, it's two parents and a child. No one has custody. Um, so one parent took the child and left. They, they're not breaching any court order. They're not breaching any kind of legal mandate. They're taking that child to visit their grandparents or to live somewhere else. There's no um, explicit uh, legal limitation on you taking your child and going anywhere you want to go. Um, people feel like it is because right. one, it's child being taken away. But unless you went to court and had an order for custody, mm-hmm. it's not. If, if mom took the kid and moved to New Mexico... I guess it's going to be a long plane ride to go see your kids. Right. Um, Because there's nothing you you can do. I mean, certainly you can file for custody in the state. Um, Most states um, provide for custody, provide for jurisdiction over children if they've been there for six months. Right. Um, So you may still be able to file in Maryland if she left here and went to New Mexico um, because they had been here in the prior six months. And then you can find it out in Maryland courts as to what's better for the kids to be in New Mexico or to be in Maryland. And some judges will hold the parent who left the state account um, to account because it's not the issue that the child left the parent. It's the issue that the, the child can't see the parent anymore. Um, mm-hmm. That the parent who took the child away um, deprived that child from seeing the other parent in a, right. a way that's unreasonable. So the court may transfer custody to the parent who's in Maryland um, because they feel like the parent who moved away wouldn't give the child right. access to the other parent going forward. And that, that would be a big problem for the court. Yeah. And I mean, you know, when I when I'm counseling these people, they're you know, the first word that comes out is kidnap. You know, they're you know, they feel like they've been wronged, and they have, but it's it's almost you know like a uh, you know, like a legal void because it hasn't really been explicitly laid out that you know when one parent unilaterally takes a kid across state lines, yeah. you know, that it's an issue. I mean. Yeah, kidnapping is when someone who does not have the right to have a child takes the child away. Right. Well, if his dad, that's his child, he has the right to have his child. Right. So it's not kidnapping. I mean, quite often we see the Amber Alerts locally. You see Amber Alerts on, on the news, on, on your car radio, and on the signs on the, on the highway. It's typically not a parent. And right. when it is a parent, it's after a custody battle. Normally it's a third party who has a child. Um, they don't do Amber Alerts for, for spouses or other parents unless there's an order in place because otherwise... Right. They were their parent. <laughs> the, right. the police had no ground to come and take a child from their mother and father because the other parent said so. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's and it's hard to make you know to have that conversation with someone when you know they're calling their distraught. What do you do? It's like, well, you know, we can do you know have these remedies here, but it's not gonna you're not gonna see the kid on Tuesday unless the the other parent brings it back on Tuesday. What the parent says quite often, you may see one in time before the person leave. Take the warning time seriously. If you think your spouse or the other is getting ready to leave with the child, take action then, file in court then, and try to stop the process right. um, to prevent them from taking the child out of state. Uh, because once they're gone, it's very hard to, one, find out where they are. Right. Um, unless you have the means to actually track them down, you may not know where they are. And then once you find them, then what? If they're in New Mexico right. and you're trying to get them to come back to, to Baltimore County for a trial date, um, that could be quite kind of difficult. So if you know or have warning signs or today, I mean, people on social media, they find out from Facebook and they find out from Twitter, right. from friends, oh, I'm moving to New Mexico. Right. Well, if she's saying on Facebook she's moving to New Mexico and she had the kids more time than you have, you may want to call a lawyer and right. get somebody there, involved. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. What was that case where the the dad had the, was it a son or a daughter, out of the country, and that went on for years and he tried to get... Uh, I can't recall his name, but that happened based on international law. Certainly, um, 
when and I, I've, I have clients all over the world at this point. Um, when there are children in other countries, um, depending on whether or not that country signed a particular treaty or not, they may not actually send the kid back. So right. the mere fact that you have an order for custody of your child, if they're in some countries, um, let's say Japan, you may not see the kid again um, because Japan is not going to send the child back. Or if you're in Iran, I had a case where my client husband was from Iran, um, and the idea that he would take the kids to Iran, we knew that if he took them, we wouldn't get the kids back. So that couldn't be something that we could allow to happen. Yeah, Do right. the countries normally uh, disallow a parent from seeing, maybe they won't let the child come back, but can a, can a parent go visit the child, or is it depending on the country? or? So it's a hard thing. So if you're an American citizen and you go to a foreign country and try to force your way into another person's home who lives in that country, there's a good chance you'll be arrested. Um, because there, there's no mechanism for that country to allow you to go visit without the parent who lives there allowing it. Um, it's almost like someone coming here into the U.S. to visit and, and knock on your front door and you say, leave, and you call the police, and you say he's from, or he or she's from Rotterdam. They're not, they're not going any right. further than that. They're leaving or they're getting arrested. Right. Um, so when you go to a foreign country, same thing. You, there's no mechanism. Even if there's an order in place, um, it doesn't mean the country respects our core order. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes much more effort than that. What about cases where a parent takes a child and, and accuses the other of abuse? And maybe there's abuse, maybe there's not abuse. What, how do you address that? Unfortunately, that's common. It's common where there's a claim for abuse, whether physical, whether psychological, whether sexual. Um, whenever there's a claim for abuse, CPS is called. Right. No matter whether it's in this state or any other state in the country, CPS will come. If you're in New Mexico, they will go to New Mexico. They have a branch there. Every state has CPS in some form or duration. Um, they'll go in and do, do evaluation. If there's an issue for a child, the state has an obligation to keep kids yes. safe. So whenever a person claims child abuse, the state is concerned that one of the people that they're supposed to keep safe hasn't been kept safe. So they, they get involved and they do evaluation. They do, they take the child to the doctors and say, doctor, do evaluation, see what you can find out. Right. Um, and then CPS gets involved. Is that something that you would continue with if you were representing a client in a divorce or a separation, but at that point it becomes criminal? Is that something that... Well, actually, at that point, it's still civil, not criminal right. yet. Um, okay. They can do is for for child abuse it could be is multi-layered so yes we, we handle cases where one person has been accused of abuse and unfortunately it happens um, parents do abuse kids sometimes but also sometimes people lie and say abuse happened when it didn't for yeah. um, for advantage in the custody case and you have to fight those cases out and we fought many where doctors say well no there's no abuse nothing ever happened it's right. not true it's not even it's, it's not even on its face it couldn't be true based on what the person is saying it couldn't right. happen and well, you fight it out in court well, I've had situations where it, well, there was a, uh, a a parent accused of something, and then we had to, you know, not only go and represent the parent and uh, child in need of, you know, for against in the in front of the magistrate whether they had a hearing for child in need of assistance with CPS and mm. whole nine yards they actually hired an attorney for for the child separately and then uh, also had to uh, go through with the criminal portion of it try to defend them there and then also deal with all the divorce stuff so it ended up being basically a quagmire where you know I was going to five different courts for the same person under the same set of facts and I was just like Wow, this really yeah. thing spiraled out of out of control. So yeah. people, you know, luckily it wasn't an actual child abuse situation, and we were able to figure it all out. But still, it's just it was bad. It was really bad. I felt so bad for this client. Yeah, get, get get back to your first point of, of trying to settle these things <laughs> yeah. up front, yeah, yeah, amicably, is just the way to go, right? Yeah, and I'll say, Bill, in the future, you get that case. Call me. We've done many of those cases where <laughs> yeah. the criminal side, the family law side, the sentencing side, and the CPS side. Yeah. So yeah, uh, it can yeah, go well, on for quite some time. Yeah. Well. But, well, we all, you know, 
bringing up all the uh, reserves we can on those kind of headaches. Yes. So um, we're getting ready to go to yet another break. Um, please, we are uh, hoping to hear from people to call in. If you have any questions about family law or anything related to family law, chime in. 410-922-6680. 1-800-922-6680. We'll be back after these messages. WCBM. Baltimore. Synergy Realty Company, LLC, is a boutique real estate brokerage built to serve you. Thinking about selling your home? Sellers just mention this ad to list your home for sale with a 1.5% listing fee, which includes a home staging consultation and professional photography. Call 443-776-1846. We also have buyers covered. If you know a first-time home buyer, have them call 443-776-1846 to sign up for a free home buyer seminar that could save them thousands on closing costs, home inspections, and warranties. Are you a real estate investor? Maximize your portfolio by calling 443-776-1846 to schedule a free consultation. Or visit Synergy Realty Company online at SynergyRealtyExperts.com. Or call them, 443-776-1846. Spice up your wardrobe with Needlepoint. Baldwin Belts is a Baltimore-based Needlepoint company offering Maryland-themed and other various custom-designed belts as well as accessories. All their products are 100% hand-stitched, handmade, and are guaranteed to last. Choose from one of Baldwin Belt's unique designs or customize your own belt to tell your individual story. Their custom-made products make great wedding gifts and graduation presents. Have a big event coming up? Customize a key fob to use as promotional product or gift item. Visit BaldwinBelts.com for more information. Most doctors are not trained to diagnose and treat hidden car accident injuries like muscle spasms, back pain, neck pain, and headaches. The problem is that soft tissue injuries are not always visible on x-rays. One of the best ways to detect hidden injuries is a thermography scan. Call Dr. Mitch Adolph, D.C. at 1711 York Road, Lutherville, 1-800-511-BACK to schedule your free thermography scan. Space is limited. Call 800-511-BACK today to schedule your free thermography scan. Listen up, Baltimore sports fans. Join former stars of ABC reality show, The Ball Boys, each Sunday, 4 p.m. to 5, on Talk Radio 680 WCBM, talking all things Baltimore sports and beyond. Brought to you by Robbie's First Base. Home of the Ball Boys. And now more of Law Talk with Bill Sherwood on Talk Radio 680 WCBM and WCBM.com. Yeah, welcome back. Uh, before the break, we were talking some issues uh, with family law and, and child custody. And um, we had a couple of things that popped up off the air that we should probably share. Hassan, uh, you were talking about some issues where um, someone was accused of child abuse. Yeah, so I mean, even, I mean, certainly in cases for custody, there's maybe too often uh, claims for abuse from one parent to another. When there's a claim for abuse, um, CINA gets involved with child, China, CPS, um, Children Protective Services, or depending on what county you're in, it has a different name, but they get involved. And then maybe what's called a center hearing, as you mentioned earlier, where there will be a hearing and trial to see whether or not the parents can take care of the child or whether the child's at risk. Mm-hmm. Um, if if the, the court finds the child's at risk, they'll be taken out the home. If they found they're not of risk, then the case will be dropped and dismissed. But there's also a CPS portion as well that defines um, whether or not abuse happened. And they do that for the purposes of, of keeping people who shouldn't be around kids from kids. Um, so they may find the finding could be indicated for child abuse. 
um, or substantiated child abuse. It could be unsubstantiated, um, which means abuse may have happened, but we can't prove it or it could be ruled out that we found that nothing happened. Um, so those are two separate investigations, as well as criminal investigation. If you assault a person in this state, you can be charged with assault. Um, so you, ha- you may have all three going on at the same time. I had one case where it was all three, and it was the, the, the custody matter. So the, the fourth portion, the parent wanted custody of the child because there was claims of abuse. Um, we had a full trial in, in both courts, and, and no judge found the abuse happened. Right. Um, but it took a lot of time and money to get to that point. Right. Um, but I, I'll say this. What often happens, we see more of those claims through protective orders. Protective order is a, a method where a party can go to uh, to the court to re- request relief or reprieve from a, a spouse or a partner um, from abuse. If there's right. a claim of abuse in the actual spouse or the, that your mutual child, um, if there's a find of abuse, the court can order you away. So say you're a married couple, husband, wife, and a kid. Um, if if mom acts in a way that's inappropriate and dad goes for a protective order and the court finds that the mom abused the child and or dad, the court can keep mom out the house for up to right. a year, even though she had to pay the mortgage, even though that, right. that mortgage mm-hmm. comes due every single month. Yeah. Um, she and Even though her name is on a deed and she has a legal right. interest to be there, once the court said you can't be here for safety, then she's barred out the house. Um, and that's, that happens more often than people right. think. Yeah, and... And also, too, a lot of people don't realize when they're going into those protective orders, if they're trying to defend against one, if they go and lose against that, there may be some other criminal repercussions for someone where they, you know, they try to defend and they lose, that protective order comes into play. There may be some, some, some criminal, uh, penalties, uh, that can come on them as well. Uh, so a lot of times, you know, if, if I, I've been on both sides of protective order where I had clients, uh, you know, want to get a protective order against someone or I was also trying to help defend them. And, you know, if, if I'm with a client and it's unsubstantiated, I'm like, you know, we don't know what to do with it. You know, a lot of times we'll say, you know, just agree to stay away for the next year. And that way it's, it's a settlement. It doesn't work against you as something that's criminal. And then we can try to work around this through the other, you know, all the other aspects of the divorce and the custody hearings. Um, one of the other things that you brought up was the the, the lack of uh, defined statute of limitations about some of these allocations. Um, you know, you said you had a, a case where it was, you know, 20 or 25 years ago, someone made an allegation and just coming back on that. What was... So for a protective order case, um, for a peace order, I think there's a limit. I, I, I'm... I think it's six months for a peace order. Right. You can't go beyond that. I think for a protective order, it's more than a year, but it's still a cap on how long you can go back. I was mentioning over the break, I, I have a, a client where a CPS has brought a claim for abuse, and it happened years and years ago. Right. And there's no defined statute of limitations on, on those mm-hmm. um, uh, those decisions. Um, they should be done in a reasonable time frame, um, but what's reasonable? Is reasonable six months? Is it a year? It's very um, subjective. Um, depending on who, I mean, in my mind, the law should be very definite. You should know what you're facing and what time frame you have for it. It shouldn't be a surprise. Like, oh, surprise. <laughs> you did this 25 years ago and nobody coming after you. You should know, um, very easily. It should be easily discernible what timeline they have and it's not always. No, it captures a little bit of an absurdity in having a trial about events that happened so long ago. Like, there's a, a case when I was in law school, a case came down called, uh, it was the, uh, Unger v. State. Unger had, uh, murdered a police officer in, like, the late 70s. And he'd been incarcerated, and he was, the, if you read the opinion, they, he was arrested because, among other things, they found that dead officers put bullets in him because they were in a shootout, and, like, the dead officer had shot him back. So, he got convicted, you know, I'm shocked, and, uh, he, he winds up, in 2000, like, probably 2010, he challenges the constitutionality, retroactive unconstitutionality of jury instruction, and he gets a new trial. 
Um, and they, they essentially, this court said that we're going to retry everyone who's still in jail who was incarcerated before 1980. And the real problem that you might think, oh, well, you know, they, with Unger, they have a ton of evidence because he shot a police officer. It was a high-profile trial. Um, but trying someone with something that happened that long ago, it, most people in that situation got deals because you can't try someone for some event that happened in 1980. How's that going to look when you guys them? Do you remember where you were in 1980? No. I'm not sure where I was that whole decade. Right. You know? Um, it's, uh, and I think that with the lack of statute of limitations, it puts people in a position where, you know, no one, no one, people have trouble remembering where they were last year and to have a trial about what happened seven years ago or ten years ago. It's like, who can remember? Yeah, I mean, um, and I had some experience with the um, Innocence Project when I was in, at University of Baltimore, and we, you know, we're going back to all these old cases where something really weird happened, and someone sitting in jail that may not have actually done something wrong, and you know, you're looking at things from a, lo- a long time ago, but then you're, you know, it's still, it's uh, anything they can do to make it so that the the court system is better on that, I'm all for. But when we're switching back into the family law thing, if you know, it still seems absurd to be able to have something that far back come back and haunt you. Um, all right, so we looks like we have yet another commercial break. We're going to be coming back after the 3 o'clock hour for our last segment. Thanks a lot. and opinions you hear on Talk Radio 680, WCBM, and WCBM.com are not necessarily those of the owners, management, employers, and advertisers of WCBM, but they should be. Talk Radio 680, WCBM. Stay connected and stay informed on the number one news talk station, Talk Radio 680, WCBM, Baltimore, and WCBM.com. Two presidents get together. I'm Paul Stevens, Fox News. President Trump welcoming France's Emmanuel Macron for a visit this week with a nuclear hotspot front and center. More live now with Fox's Gunal Scott. And Paul, French President Macron touched on several issues in his Fox News Sunday interviews, Syria and Russia among them. But a possible U.S. summit with North Korea, he says, could signal a worldwide turning point. Macron says he sees sanctions and not verbal insults from President Trump as what brought Kim Jong-un to the table. Pressure important important in this region, plus the Chinese role in this region because President Trump worked very closely with President Xi was useful. Macron touches down in the U.S. tomorrow for a three-day visit, including including a formal state dinner and a speech to a joint session of Congress, Paul. Angered all police saying that a deadly pre-dawn shooting today at a Waffle House restaurant outside Nashville could have been a whole lot worse if not for the actions of one brave customer. You had a citizen step up to intervene with an active shooter, and that's what this man did. He is the hero here, and no doubt he saved many lives by uh, wrestling the gun away and then tossing it over the counter and prompting the man to leave. Nashville Police Spokesman Don Aaron, police saying the suspect opened fire with a rifle, killing four people, injuring several others. He then left on foot. Police are looking for 29-year-old Travis Reinking, who they call a person of interest. We're expecting an update at this hour. A Russian lawyer denying she discussed incriminating evidence about Hillary Clinton with Donald Trump Jr. during his father's 2016 campaign. She tells the AP that Special Counsel Robert Mueller has not contacted her. She thinks he's not interested in finding 
finding the truth. Natalia Veselnitskaya also detailing her recent meeting in Berlin with the Senate Intelligence Committee, which is investigating allegations of Russian interference in the 2016 U.S. election as well. You're listening to Fox News, fair and balanced. every school bus and classroom. I go to school with your children. We say the Pledge of Allegiance together. You see me around the neighborhood and you tell me that I'm a pretty good kid. Well, I'm one out of every five children in America and I'm struggling with hunger. This problem is closer than you think. My teacher tells me we can grow up to be whatever we want. I want to grow up to be someone who doesn't go to bed hungry. There's enough food in this country to feed everybody. Please visit feedingamerica.org today and find your local food bank for ways to help. Every dollar you donate helps provide eight meals for kids like me, quietly struggling with hunger. Together, we are Feeding America. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. A major New York university kicking out one of its frats. It's the end of the line for Theta Tau at Syracuse University after frat members posted a video which the school's chancellor says was extremely racist, anti-Semitic, homophobic, and hostile to people with disabilities. And the school is pursuing an investigation into the individuals responsible. The frat says the video was a satirical sketch, but it apologized, saying its members believe racism has no place on a university campus. The video includes racial slurs and simulated sex acts. Initially, Theta Tau was suspended, but that was increased to a permanent expulsion. Roger Stern, Fox News. A gathering today on a beach in Maine to remember former First Lady Barbara Bush, who was buried yesterday in Texas. Mrs. Bush and former President George H.W. Bush spent years at their summer home, summer home in Kennebunkport. About 200 people formed a large circle, many with their dogs, sharing stories about their encounters with Mrs. Bush on the beach, where she used to walk her dogs with a Secret Service agent following behind. Harry Potter flies on to Broadway. Harry Potter and the Cursed Child officially opens today on Broadway at the Lyric Theatre after a successful run in London. The new story is the eighth installment of the series written by Jack Thorne, John Tiffany, and Potter creator J.K. Rowling. The story follows Harry, now an adult, with a family of his own and in the wizarding world government. Albus Severus Potter. You were named after two headmasters of Hogwarts. It's his son Albus's first year at Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry, and he's quickly learning having one of the most famous wizards as your father comes with a price. And dark secrets emerge affecting Albus and the entire Potter family. Michelle Polino. Fox News. Gasoline prices up nine cents a gallon over the past two weeks to a nationwide average two eighty three a gallon for regular. That's according to the Lundberg survey. I'm Paul Stevens, Fox News Radio. Stimulating talk, breaking news on Talk Radio six eighty. WCBM. Message and data rates may apply. When did it become okay for men to be lazier, softer, fatter? We need to bring the men of this country back to greatness. And it's easier than ever with Ageless Male Max, a patent-pending formula with an ingredient that helps boost your total testosterone, promoting greater increases in muscle size and twice the reduction of body fat percentage than exercise alone. Plus, an amazing 64% increase in nitric oxide, which can be handy in the gym. And in the bedroom. Take your manhood to the max by trying your first 30-day bottle free. 
Just pay shipping and handling. Not 10 days, not 15 days, but a full 30-day supply free when you text the word FAST to 797979. Finally, a formula that boosts total testosterone. If your results with Ageless Male Max are too intense, please decrease use. For your free bottle, text FAST to 797979. Text F-A-S-T to 797979. When the need for senior care arises, there's no place like home. Your loved ones should never have to give up living at home. Visiting Angels will provide home care for your mom or dad at home up to 24 hours per day, including personal care, meals, and light housework. You'll select your professional caregiver with Visiting Angels. Look up visitingangels.com or call 877-374-LIVE. That's 877-374-LIVE. Franchises are available. Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Broadcasting live from the WCBM Safe Retirement Solutions Studios. Call Rod Barrowy at 410-266-1120 or on the web at saferetirementsolutions.com. Talk Radio 680, WCBM. Law Talk with Bill Sherwood is brought to you by Sherwood Legal Services. The lawyers on air are not able to give advice about any given person's legal problem over the air. Giving legal advice requires confidentiality. Attorney-client privilege won't protect conversations literally being broadcast from a radio. If you call into this show, the attorneys don't represent you unless you sign a retainer. No paperwork, no representation. You have no expectation of privacy or attorney-client privilege on a call. This is a live broadcast. It does not get less confidential than this. The attorneys can't predict how any given legal matter will turn out. Lawyers give legal advice. They can't give you tailored advice about your legal problems without an in-person interview. Please call in with your general legal questions. And now more of Law Talk with Bill Sherwood on Talk Radio 680 WCBM and WCBM.com. Uh, getting serenaded by the perfect song for Meatloaf. Thanks, Noah, for uh, helping us out back there. Um, so uh, we should probably get into a little bit of a conversation about, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, um, about uh, funding uh, child uh, child support here. Um, Hassan, I know you have a lot of experience with this. Where are we going? So in Maryland, like in most states, uh, parents have a. Uh, uh, Maybe moral obligation, but a legal obligation to take care of their children. Um, the law provides that you must provide for your children financially. Um, the idea that you're a good person and you take them out to the park and, and push them on a swing isn't sufficient. Um, if uh, parents are living in separate domiciles, um, uh, the parent that doesn't have uh, the majority of the time with the child or the parent that makes the most money may and likely will have obligation to pay support to the right. other parent. Um, child support can be... Um, it can be a small amount. It can be a very large amount. Um, people, I have clients who pay and who receive child support more in excess of a normal mortgage payment. Right. I mean, it can be from anywhere from two thousand a month, it can be three thousand for one child. Right. Or it could be two hundred. Um, that's on the very low end. Um, but for middle class families, it could be a sizable amount of money per month for support. Well, there's a lot of factors too. They look, they you know, they look at the income of both spouses. They look at the income. Um, Situation maybe for the last few years, and then maybe if there, and also too, they can even see if there's going to be any kind of expectation of an increase or decrease. Sometimes, um, and I know they they try to make sure that everybody's treated fairly by putting them into this grid, but 
you know, a lot of times it, it can end up just being negotiated out by the parties as well. Um, so, you know. So in Maryland, they have, I mean, years ago, you have to go to court and prove uh, what support you needed for a child. So you had to go to court and give the child bills of, of tuition payments or bills of dentist payments and, and bills of, I guess, gas and electric. They got away with that years ago. Um, now they have what's called a guideline. And the guideline is a formula. Uh, they take um, two parents' incomes. They take additional um, numbers, such as if you're receiving or paying alimony, if you're receiving or paying child support for another child, um, if you're um, paying daycare costs or child care costs, if you're paying health insurance for the child, and a few other other uh, maybe uh, extra um, um, health care costs for right. um, extraordinary medical condition, and they, they throw it into the formula and they spell out a number. Um, the person who doesn't have the child children most of the time or the person who makes the most money, depending on how the numbers work, um, may have to pay support. And it's a very basic number. It's a very blind number. They throw numbers into a formula and spill out a number for your support. Now, child support doesn't mean you have no additional obligation for the child. Right. And I think parents feel like it does. It doesn't. The fact that you pay, say your dad, you pay mom a $1,000 a month for child support, it doesn't mean when you're with the child and they want a new pair of shoes, you're not buying a new pair of shoes. Right. It doesn't mean if they call you and say, Dad, we had a school trip going to France, mom pay Two thousand. We need two, two from you as well. It doesn't mean you're not paying another two thousand on top of that for the trip to France. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's just the right. it's the minimum amount of that of money that you pay for a child. I have many clients who push back, and, and their position is the support amount is too high. Um, that the actual amount they're paying far exceeds the the needs for the child. Um, that uh, mom or the other or dad is paying mortgage anyway. They're right. paying gas electric anyway. They're paying water bill. So if they're paying a thousand dollars a month. Where is the money going? And the kid not in private school. So why are they paying a thousand right. a month? Right. Um, it's unfair. It may sound. It may seem unfair. That's the law. Right. And, and it's very rare the court will let you out of it. Now, if you're too high income earners, um, the guidelines have a limit, and the court can have more discretion when your income is higher. Um, they can. Uh, uh, Give or, or, or push back on the on the formula of some because you're high income earners. Now, as far as parents uh, opting out and negotiating out of the child support guidelines, you can um, legally you can. Um, unfortunately, I've seen many judges around the state uh, push back on it and, right. and want a good. So, under the law, you must show um, a, a reason why it's not in the child best interest. So, right. the reason you uh, I've had clients who say that, well, we can give a lesser number, and the question is. Does is that lesser number in the child best interest? And if you can't show a judge why giving the child, so it's always a hard thing. Explain to the judge why you giving more money to your son or daughter is in your son and daughter best interest. It's almost almost never a, a good way to, to explain <laughs> yeah. that. I mean, and, yeah, yeah. So it's a hard thing. I mean, sometimes it is a good way. I mean, you may show that it sounds like a hard sell. It's a hard sell. I mean, it's, it's mm-hmm. cases where you can show it, but it's very few and far between. And right. most people wouldn't meet the burden to to deviate from the guidelines and and have a lower number. I mean, I mean, the only thing that would pop in my mind would be is you know I, this three hundred dollars that I'm not paying, I'm going to put into you know put away for the child's education that's going to earn money that way or something like. that. That. But I, you know, that's that's the only thing that will pop in my mind that yeah. might pass muster on this test. But and um, I bet if you told the court that, then the court's going to order you to do it, and then you know, you from your perspective, you're not coming out ahead on this. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I guess if you're. Um, if your perspective is you don't want the other spouse to get their grubby hands on that money, then you know putting it into in that you know and that's where that's where people get they go real they go real dark on that. So um, I mean, some parents have their kids in, in special programs. So the parent who's paying support may also have that kid being trained as a classical pianist, and that right. could be expensive. So the court may say, "No, what you're training the kid separate from child support. We'll give you a break on the child support. Keep on paying the thousand dollars to the private lessons, and we'll cut you back on child support." I mean, those are options. One other consideration is uh, tuition. 
Um, yeah. Now, daycare costs are part of child support. If you're paying before and after care, uh, that's right. part of child support. If you're paying daycare for a small child, but tuition doesn't have to be. If you're right. paying for Friends or Gilman or Some St. Paul's. Are, you might as well be buying a Toyota Camry per You're paying kid $25, year, $35 a, a year. Home yeah. <laughs> it, it's the, the guidelines and the law does not require the paying parent to actually pay towards that tuition, but it might. And it's a tricky right. thing. And when the court makes you pay um, towards tuition, I had a case where my client was mom. She paid the kid in a very expensive private school. Um, the kid was gifted and talented. And it was very, but dad never agreed to it. Um, so their position was, well, and they wanted him to pay, I think, 1900 a month, maybe 2200 a month, between 19 and 22 for one child. His position was, that's unreasonable. It right. doesn't, I didn't agree to her going to the school, mm-hmm. but the court made him pay anyway. Uh, the court found that the school, that the young person had um, special needs and right. that she was gifted and talented. She needed a school that can suit her needs. And the only school that can suit it was a private school. Right. Um, so it was reasonable. Can an amount change if, if, if life change happens? Yes. And, okay. The standard is for modification. Yes. Okay. And the standard for modification, child support or custody, we mentioned in the prior segment, is uh, a change of circumstances. Anything to change substantially. If, if you say you're paying child support and you're paying $1,000 a month, and you get laid off. Well, it's, that's a change in circumstances yeah. that the court needs to be aware of because you can't continue to pay a thousand a month with I, no income. I, isn't the guideline like twenty five percent? If there's a twenty five percent change in the income, or is that just a, like a rough number? That number is, is has been stated. I I never followed that number. I'm not sure right. where it came from. <laughs> um, I mean, I it's keep been stated. hearing it a lot. I'm like, no, but there's there's a lot of stuff in law where you know everyone <laughs> says it, and then you start saying, well, who said it first? And no right. one can find out. I mean, it may be case law. Yeah. I don't use that number. I, I don't even consider I mean, the the percentage of change. I, I consider because normally when you change jobs, it changes more than actual income. Right. So it's a bigger picture for me than the actual number. Right. I mean, it may change the situation where uh, one parent's not able to take the kid to school back and forth because they're working longer hours. Right. You know, and you know, even if it's just a a slight you know change in income, but the whole other situation has changed, mm-hmm. then we got to really go back and readdress that exactly. situation. Yeah. So I don't look at it based on twenty five percent number. I look at it based on the actual factors. No, it's a couple of things. Um, child support is done either through the court. When you hire a lawyer like myself or you or Bill, uh, you don't do family law, but <laughs> dodge, <laughs> the bullet, you. dodge the bullet. You're in court and you try a case and the judge make a decision on child support. But some parents go through child support enforcement and they can have their lawyers do the child support for them. Um, as Although they're not being hired as a lawyer for the parent, they're there for the child, actually. Right, yeah. Um, because the state the child. has an obligation to take care of young people. They provide lawyers for child support. What that means is the person receiving child support, they're their lawyer. Yeah. By all intents and purposes, they're their lawyer. Um, and they can request child support, and typically they won't modify it unless it's been a certain change by 25%. That's normally their rule, um, but I'm not sure even for them it's hard and fast. I guess you don't get a whole lot of people coming to you, hey, I, I got a huge pay raise, so I want to come in and uh, make an adjustment to my Never. Uh, child. No, never, never, that never happened. happened. And that was when the spouse <laughs> no. hears about the pay raise. <laughs> and, you know, they go on social media and see him with a new car uh, uh, or something uh, yeah. or other. You know, like, by the way, you know. So, so be careful what you do on social media. Right? <laughs> and one thing I'll say is a lot of my clients don't understand and, and think it's unreasonable. I was, I was in court years ago. I was waiting for another hearing. A gentleman was in court for child support. Child support enforcement was there um, for the for the mother. Um, and he was, a, I think he was a plumber. And I think that year he made additional overtime. So he, his income went up some. Right. Oh. So, and, but he had, he had, he was remarried. He had two more kids at home. One of his kids was, was gifted and talented. So he went to a special school and his, his ex was there with her, her current husband and the child and they wanted an increase. And his position was, well, I made additional money this year, but there's overtime. I didn't, I can't guarantee that. Right. Um, 
after the lawyer questioned him about his wife working and stuff that wasn't even relevant, um, his position again was, well, I, it's overtime. Why are we including overtime as my income? It's not guaranteed. Right. I'm not self-employed. I work for a company. Um, right. Two years ago, I didn't get any overtime. I got right. some this year, but right. it's not guaranteed. Under the law, when you make overtime, the court is considered that your income. So if you yeah. make uh, $20 overtime in 2018 you go to court, they can see going forward your whole income. They don't just say how much was your regular. Wow. They want the whole amount. Right. And then if you know if it drops back again next year, you got you're going to be back yeah. in there again fighting over okay, now, you know. Yeah. It's funny when you go to get a mortgage, they don't count overtime, right? right. So they do it. <laughs> every single time. Every I mean, time. for child support purposes, and the court don't often do this, but under the statute, they can include more than that. Any gift right. you receive can be assumed right. child support. I mean, it's income for child support. They can include more income and more yeah. revenue than they actually include. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 always seems to be a balancing act, and it keep, for me, it keeps coming back to let's all try to have a good settlement conference and try to get everybody on the same page mm-hmm. because when you know if you get the the state involved they're going to come up with some kind of outcome that maybe that neither party likes you know um so at least if there's a conversation where everyone is maybe coming together i mean i've i've settled uh you know child support things before where we've cut the amount by maybe 800 900 dollars Per month for the next few years by making some, being able to fund some sort of, you know, down, you know, lump sum down payment or something or other that everybody's happy with, you know. Um, so, that, you know, not, not all situations uh, have to, you know, resolve by going to the state. You know, that's just, I think it's like the, you know, the, the last ditch effort to try to squeeze that one non paying parent uh, for, you know, well, you for know what they should t- be. Touching back to, you know, how we, we started this show, when you look at the, the cost, having a modification hearing means a lot of lawyer time and a lot of cost. And doing it every time anyone's income changes, you know, changes significantly means you're going to have to keep on doing that until everyone's turned 18 and then you'll still be recriminating, but like, you won't be able to get to court, they'll keep you out. But if you just settle the deal, then you might be able to settle it. And if you continue to you know, negotiate, paying for a settlement is a lot cheaper for a mediation conference, is a lot cheaper than paying for a court date. A court date. Right. And, right. And one of the factors for my clients is quite often they come in and they deal with child support enforcement, which is a state agency. I, w- I won't take the case. I, I can't because I will bill you more money trying to reach a state lawyer and negotiate with them than the case is worth. Mm-hmm. If I'm billing you $5,000 to have conversations getting through on the phone, and you're saving two hundred dollars a month. It doesn't quite make sense. Um, I have some horror stories about that too, and we'll touch more about that after this. WCBM Baltimore Synergy Realty Company LLC is a boutique real estate brokerage built to serve you. Thinking about selling your home? Sellers just mention this ad to list your home for sale with a one point five percent listing fee, which includes a home staging consultation and professional photography. Call 443-776-1846. We also have buyers covered. If you know a first-time home buyer, have them call 443-776-1846 to sign up for a free home buyer seminar that could save them thousands on closing costs, home inspections, and warranties. Are you a real estate investor? Maximize your portfolio by calling 443-776-1846 to schedule a free consultation. Or visit Synergy Realty Company online at SynergyRealtyExperts.com or call them 443 
776-1846. Hey there, it's Reese. And Irvy From, from the, the franchise concept, Reese and Irvy's. Our patented frozen yogurt vending robots serve seven flavors of delicious frozen yogurt. We're officially labeled one of the hottest franchise opportunities of 2018, and you could own one. No employees, no rent, just fully automated robots that work for you and deliver instant customer satisfaction. Find openings in your area at FroyoFranchising.com and enter promo code 9090. That's FroyoFranchising.com, promo code 9090. Go like a pro with the biggest savings of the season during the GMC Spring Steals Drive at Anderson Buick GMC Hunt Valley. Save thousands on Baltimore's best selection of new GMC trucks and SUVs, like up to 7000 off the all-new GMC Terrain or up to 8000 off Acadia's. And right now, take up to twelve grand off GMC Sierra pickups. It's the GMC Spring Steals Drive at Anderson Buick GMC Hunt Valley, 10125 York Road, or visit AndersonofHuntValley.com. GMC, we are professional grade. Hi, Tom Bodette, coming to you from one of those open offices. They're designed to make it easier to share ideas and, apparently, the details of Cody the intern's love life. So if you're looking for some space to call your own, try Motel 6. They have the low prices you've come to expect, plus the peace and quiet you so desperately crave. I'm Tom Bodette from Motel 6, and we'll leave the light on for you. And, Cody, you can do better. Book online at motel6.com. As a small business owner, keeping up with the ever-changing marketing and social media trends can be difficult and time-consuming. Let SK Creative Solutions take the responsibility off of your plate. At SK Creative Solutions, they offer various marketing services such as social media management, website design, search engine optimization, and graphic design. SK Creative Solutions is a one-stop shop for all of your small business marketing and advertising needs. Grow your business today with the power of social media and website marketing. Visit skcreativesolutions.com for more information. When the need for senior care arises, there's no place like home. Your loved ones should never have to give up living at home. Visiting Angels will provide home care for your mom or dad at home up to 24 hours per day, including personal care, meals, and light housework. You'll select your professional caregiver with Visiting Angels. Look up visitingangels.com or call 877-374-LIVE. That's 877-374-LIVE. Franchises are available. Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Stimulating talk. Breaking news on Talk Radio 680, WCBM, and WCBM.com. I'll never break my promise, I'll forget my with Bill Sherwood on Talk Radio 680 WCBM and uh, WCBM.com. You know, the, the in at the, serenading us in right at the right Perfect. point of the song right there. Thanks again, <laughs> Noah. Um, so um, before the break, you know, we brought up about some of the horror stories uh, that pop up when you're dealing with uh, child support enforcement with the state. Um, you know, there's been plenty of times that, you know, I'll be sitting down there with a client or on behalf of a client, and I'm just basically twiddling my thumbs for two or three hours, you know, Waiting, the bill is just increasing because state employees, you know, you, you have to wait your turn. They don't give any special, uh, any special passes to the lawyers. You're sitting there. And, you know, if things have went back, you know, and through child support enforcement, you're in for the long haul and it's just a rough ride. Um, yeah. and I think also, um, John, you had a question that you brought up over the, uh, yeah, the I, I was, you know, as the only, uh, non-attorney in the room here, I, I just, from an outsider looking in, it, it seems to me that, 
you know, an important part of this whole issue, if you're going to go through this process, is finding the right attorney. And my, my question was, do, do, do all attorneys have a fiduciary responsibility like we do on the financial side of things? You, you, you're supposed to do what's in the best interest of the client. So how does that work? So for, for lawyers, our obligation is to – the client tells us what they want, and it's up to us to figure out how we get there. Um, so a client can't make us take certain actions if we think is, is contrary to what they want. In reality, we often do things that our client wants, but under we're the ones who determine the strategy, and they determine the outcome. Um, the hard thing is for child support is a special case because they want to reduce child support. It's not happening. So I mean, I mean, right. it's possible in a realm of possibilities. Is it likely? No. Um, You're you not going to avoid them, child support. Yeah, I mean, you can tell them I can possibly get it down with your facts. It's a good chance you won't. Is one percent chance you will go for it. Right. So in that situation, you have to advise them clearly what the options are. And for my in my office, we do guidelines. We run the numbers before we even go to court. Before they even right. say go forward, we run the numbers. And say what are you looking at? Here are the options. Here are the good, the bad, the in between, mm-hmm. and we run the options. Uh, the hard thing is dealing with child support enforcement. If a, if a client comes in and say I have a I'm back on my child support, my license has been suspended, uh, I make contempt of child support, I have a hearing coming up, and I might go to jail for it. Um, what should I do? My, my my response is going to be pay child support. Um, mm-hmm. Your money is better spent paying child support than paying me. Uh, now, if it's a situation where there has been a change and you need to modify, um, the modification can be a defense to the contempt, and then we get in for modification cases. Right. But the actual not paying child support, it's no defense you have other than you need to modify because you lost your job. Right. Um, so I'm not. I wouldn't even take a client's case. I would say use your money you have that you will pay me and go pay some money to a child support to avoid going. Yeah, to jail. I, I like that. I think you had mentioned that during the break that you'll actually turn down a case yes, based yeah. on the fact that that client could spend more money with you than it's than it's worth. So yes. that's a good. You know, I'm not sure that happens across the. Well, <laughs> getting the back to the fiduciary part of it too, um, with um, you know when you have these attorneys that just want to battle. I don't think they're necessarily doing what's in the client's best interest yeah. by keeping settlements from happening. Like I, I'm involved in a few of those right now where they, you know, everybody's just throwing the gauntlets down and there's no reason, and it drives me crazy. But yeah. they're not—they're not doing what's best for their clients. Yeah. And you know, I'll cut you no, off. No, you. Uh, I think that you know the dynamic of kind of the the drive when you have hour, especially on hourly rate matters, and family law is always done or almost always done hourly rate. Insurance, my business is always done as often done hourly rate. There's a constant dynamic between the lawyer being the more the lawyer legal services the lawyer sells you, the more the lawyer gets paid. And we certainly, you know, in our practice, spend you know part of our philosophy is that if we can't find a way that the client made money on this, then we don't let we don't take people who are doing it because they the you know a vague desire to lose all their wealth and they don't know right. how and they think that this will somehow accomplish. I mean, it's just it's we don't take people's money when you can't produce a result, right? Um, because usually the and you see that in. Uh, certain kinds of complaints about insurance claim handling in my work, you see that about certain small insurance claims where we're looking at and we say we cannot make a we cannot charge you to do this. we charge you to do this work. You know, you you might recover maybe yeah. your five thousand dollar claim, but pursuing this case will cost you ten thousand. And Doesn't if make I sense. if I do my job well, then you will have negative five thousand dollars. And in that right. circumstance. You know, a good lawyer doesn't take the case. And I'm sure there are some lawyers who will, but, you know, good lawyers won't. I hate having to have the conversation where I'm managing the client's expectation. Like, you know, they want, you know, the sun, moon, and the stars. And I don't know if it's legally able to get them the sun, moon, and the stars. Mm -hmm. And we have to talk them down. And then, you know, they start talking about the um, economics of it all. They may, 
you know, not have the money for the sun, moon, and the stars. Maybe we have the mo- money for maybe a shooting star. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's it's a hard conversation to have with everybody. And uh, I'm sure you've had that conversation often, too, right? I mean, it's for child support purposes in particular, they want – some people – I had a client, client come in. He came in for child support. He paid, uh, in my mind, a small amount. I think it was two or $300 a month. It may have been two kids. At the time he got the award, it was it was an older award prior to the change in the guidelines. And he wanted the award reduced. He wanted less money. I told him, like, there's no way in in God's green earth you're getting less money than you're paying less than you're paying now. We go to court, they're going to increase your amount. Um, so, yes, in those cases, we, we do turn clients away because it doesn't make sense. Well, I do want to thank Hassan for coming in and uh, uh, helping us explore this conversation. And I want to thank Yosef and John, as always, for being here with me. Uh, thanks for tuning in this week, and we'll see you next week on uh, Law Talk with Bill Sherwood. Uh, also keep an eye out for our website, law-talk.show, and also visit me at wsherwoodlaw.com. Thanks for checking in, and we'll hope to see you here next week. Have a great week. Radio 680, W.